Welcome to Love String, love stories that tie us all together. I am your host, Rachel Fiorello, a true believer in love and now a dedicated teller of love stories. In episode 20, you'll meet the incredibly funny Andrea and Drew. They tell us their beautiful love story that came from their unexpected connection, and they tell us why you should always follow your heart. So sit back, open up your hearts, and get ready to fall in love. Andrea, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh my gosh, of course. I am really excited to hear. (laughs) I feel like for some reason your story is just going to be, as much as it's going to be like heartwarming, I feel like it's funny because you guys are funny people. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Thank you about that. So I'm looking forward to hearing it. Um, So start me off. Tell me a little bit about, I mean, just kind of walk me into your love story. Yeah. So Drew and I met, Drew is my husband. We met working at a restaurant and um, we worked together for five years. I never really, like, before we started dating. Um, And during that time, like, I never really thought of him other than, like, a coworker. I didn't... Um, yeah, so he was dating someone else at the time and it was a really toxic relationship. And as his coworker, I kind of saw, you know, how that sort of transpired and it was just a really unfortunate situation. Um, but he was always this really funny guy. He was always really lighthearted and I knew he kind of had a crush on me, but I just, you know, people, you, you have this idea of like the person you're going to be with in your mind. Like they look a certain way and they just fit this mold. And Drew did not fit this idea of this, who I thought was this perfect person for me. And so I just never really paid any attention about it. And then we started like texting more as friends and I knew he kind of still liked me, but I was like, I'm not going to lead him on. I'm not going to let him think that I am into him like this. He's a good person. I'm happy to like be friends with him and hang out with him outside of work as friends. Um, And so one day he asked me to go to see a movie with him. And I was like, oh, he's going to think it's a date, but I want to see this movie. So I did everything I could so he knew it wouldn't be a date. I bought the tickets. (laughs) So we got into the car and um, he was like, oh, I didn't get tickets yet. And and here in L.A., our movie theater that we went to, I mean, they have it over in Florida now, too. But at the time, it was like one of the only theaters that ever had assigned seating. So you kind of had to get tickets early so you could choose where you wanted to sit. And so I was like. I was like, oh, no problem. I'll get it, buddy. And I kept calling him buddy and pal and, like, hitting his shoulder. So it was, like, (laughs) the most, like, anti-romantic. So he, like, got the message really clear. So I got the tickets. And he was like, oh, I'll I'll give you money for them. And I was like, oh, no, buddy. It's okay. I got it. Like, I got it for us. So we watched the movie. And it was fine. And then he was like, do you want to go home or keep hanging out after the movie was done? And I was like, oh, I want to go home. But I could tell there was, like, something in his voice when he was like okay that it wasn't like he was disappointed that he wasn't going to hang out with me anymore it was like something way deeper than that I was like I could tell that he just needed a person right then so I was like all right whatever let's keep hanging out there's this cool little coffee shop over here that the back of it looks like this fairy forest like there's literally like this little fairy tree house and it's this really cool thing so I was like let's go there and we'll just hang out and so while we were there he just kind of opened up to me about all of the stuff that he had been going through. 
And one of the things was that he had just like days before decided he really wanted to fight to overcome this addiction to drugs that he had, which for me, um, as his coworker was really surprising. He was always this really happy, funny guy that I knew came from a good family. And so it was just kind of shocking to know that he was secretly battling this addiction. And I just felt horrible. (laughs) I felt horrible that, you know, I was about to leave him when he needed someone the most. So I was so I felt so honored, first of all, that he confided in me because at that point he had only told one other friend. Um, And so we just it kind of bonded us in a way. I, I, I felt this need to sort of be this person for him as a friend still we're still friend zone there's like nothing else other than friends at this point um you're having a heart to heart but you're still giving him yeah, the slap on yeah. the back i'm still like <laughs> i'm your friend i'm here for you but not in a romantic way i'm here to be that person that's your friend um and so it just started this really incredible friendship for us and um, I had told him, I, I told him early on, cause he had kind of said, I have these feelings for you. And at the time I had this crush on this guy that hadn't even talked to me for the past three months, but I was like, I had this mindset of like, oh, he had just gotten over a relationship. He'll come around and I'll be here for him when he does. Like, I'll be here. Cause this person was in my mind, what fit this idea of this person that I needed to be with. Um, and so I was, I was very open with Drew about it and sort of like, this is what I'm waiting on. I'm waiting for this person to come back around to me and give me a chance, even though, you know, I had no idea if he ever would. Um, and so one day we were hanging out cause at this point, maybe a month had gone by of this friendship that we had and we kind of hung out all the time and it was, it was really fun and friendly and whatever. And so one day we decided to go to this museum. This it was I had this Pompeii exhibit and we went there and I found myself holding his hand. And I'm like, Andrea, what the hell are you doing? Like you're giving him mixed signals. You're telling him we don't want to be with him, but like I just couldn't help it. I just felt this like weird urge to walk around holding his hand. <laughs> and so we we had oh, at this point too, he had he I forgot. He had we watched a movie one night and he had kissed me and I was like, Whoa, what are you doing? And he just kind of like, I guess had mixed signals. So after that, I was like, I'm going to be very clear, but then I go and do this. I hold his freaking hand. <laughs> Wait, so he kissed you and you yes. told him no, like, what are you doing? I was like, we were watching nightmare on Elm street. Cause he had, he, he grew up super Christian. He wasn't allowed to watch scary movies or anything like that. <laughs> I grew up the opposite. My parents were like horror film fanatics. I was watching things I probably shouldn't have at six years old. So I was like, you've never seen Nightmare on Elm Street. This is a classic. You have to watch it. So he kissed me. And if you knew Drew personally, especially at that time, right now his confidence is way different than what it was back then. I could not believe he would ever put on, like, try to do the first move. It was very shocking. Um, (laughs) But I was like, whoa, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I just thought. And I was like, no, no, don't like I can keep. So after that, I was like, I'll keep hanging out with you, but don't try to kiss me. Like, don't try to do anything like that <laughs> because what the heck? So, cut to like a month later, we're in the museum. I'm holding his hand. And that night, and I had told them earlier on, you know, if you ever, we always had this really open line of communication. And I said, if you ever start to have these feelings for me, because he had admitted them and it, and our friendship is like 
uncomfortable for you or you, it's just too hard for you. Like, let's talk about it and we can figure stuff out. So he was like, I'm really in love with you. I don't want to stop hanging out with you, but I just need to take a step back and kind of reevaluate how I want to move forward with this, like our friendship. Cause obviously we weren't on the same page. So I thought, so I was like, I completely understand, you know, take all the time you need, figure it out. And I had talked to one of my guy friends, Ryan at the time. And I was like, Oh my God, I feel awful because Drew is just like the nicest person I've ever met in my entire life. And I had always been really open with him and honest about how I felt because I never wanted to hurt him. So I was just like, I can't believe this happened. I should have known better. And Ryan basically like slapped sense into me and was like, you are such an idiot. Everything you're saying you want in a person is literally Drew and more. Like he is everything that you could ever dream of, but better. And you're just too blind and too stupid because you're focused on this person that doesn't even care about you and hasn't talked to you in months to realize it. And I like took a step back and I was just like, oh my God, you're right. Like every quality I've ever wanted in a person is him. And like, he's crazy about me and he loves me. And I think there was just something that was really terrifying because, you know, you're, when you really care about someone, when you really are into them like that, like you're just, your mind just kind of goes to the, the word, the bad parts about it. Like, well, what if this ends? What if we break up? What if it doesn't work out? And you kind of, for me, I was like rejecting it, I think subconsciously because of that. I've never really in my entire life been with someone who loved me the way that Drew does. And so it was like this really foreign feeling to, to feel that, which is really sad. When you say that some, like nobody has lo- had loved you like he did, like, what does that mean? How did he love you? I think, you know, in the past, I only, I mean, I've dated a couple of people, but I only consider like two or three of them as, as actual boyfriends prior to Drew. And with them, and I, I think a lot had to do with my age at the time and stuff like that, but I think I was always kind of trying to be this person that I knew that that guy wanted to be me to be at the time. Like, maybe they liked how certain people dress, so I was like, oh, I'm going to dress like that. And I just never, I always kind of found myself doing whatever I could to make them like me. And I never fully felt like they did. And, you know, at the time they, like, we would always say, I love you and stuff like that. Like there, I thought that I had felt love in those relationships, but with him, it's just this person that would literally do anything for me. Whereas in the past, I felt like I was always that person that would do anything for my boyfriends at the time. But I, I don't know. It's, it's kind of hard to explain, but it's it's like the way that he made me feel and just like even verbally like he would tell me constantly like how beautiful he thinks I am and like all that and it just made me almost uncomfortable because I wasn't used to people making me feel that I just kind of was scared because I'm like this is like and my mind goes to like all the other toxic things that had happened to me prior like he's got to be lying. He's going to play me. This isn't real. He's putting on an act. He's, he's telling me what he thinks I want to hear, but it was all completely genuine. So bless his freaking heart for putting up with me in the beginning, because I was like, (laughs) I was so scared and just thought that he was like such a fraud, even though I'd known him for five years already. And I knew the kind of person he was, I was just so scared to like, let myself feel that. And there's that quote that's from the, I mean, it's from the book, um, the perks of being a wallflower, I think. Like we accept the love we think we deserve or something. I probably butchered it. 
And it's for some reason, I just felt like I was never deserving of love before. I don't know why, because I was always a really, I've always been a good person that's always tried to do as much as I can for other people. But for some reason, I just never, I never had the strength. I never had the mentality to realize I deserved better than the things that I'd had in the past. And I deserved genuine love, unlike what I'd had in the past. And now I'm finally getting it. And it just scared the crap out of me. Okay, so Ryan kind of slapped some sense yeah. into you. You realize, like, oh my gosh, yes, this is exactly what I want. Mm-hmm. I want to hear <laughs> the conversation that took place when you kind of, I'm assuming, like, flipped yeah. the switch and, you know, spilled yeah, the Yeah, so he says that, and I'm like, oh my God, I'm in love with him. Like, I'm in love with Drew. What was I thinking? So I call him, and I'm like, I don't want to stop hanging out. I'm in love with you. Like, I don't want this to end. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm freaking out. I'm so scared. I don't even like understand what I'm feeling. But all I know is like, I'm so in love with you. And I don't want this to stop. And I can't even remember what he said at that time. Because now it's been like, it's probably six or seven, six years, seven years ago or something. But um, after that, we were just inseparable ever since. It was kind of crazy. So I remember him being so happy. And then for me, I was so scared. Like one of the biggest fears I had was at that point, I had been single for so long before him. Like I didn't, I didn't have what I considered a serious relationship for like, man, probably like 10 years, honestly, before him. Like it was a really long time. And so he was with that person. And even though I knew it was toxic, I always had this fear of like, what if you one day wake up and you miss her and you want to be with her? Like it was something that I struggled with so much. Cause like I didn't have that person for him to worry about. And even though I, I knew how unfortunate the relationship was, it was, it was, you know, it's not my story to tell, but it was not a good situation, but still I had these fears that like, what if he decides one day he wants to be with her? So it was this constant insecurity that I was dealing with early on. And he would just do everything he could to kind of reassure me of how much he loved me. But man, the beginning part was so hard. And I, I tell him all the time, I'm just like, thank you for like being so patient and for not like, I feel like any other guy would have been like, this girl's psychotic. I'm, I'm out of this. Like, because in his mind, he wasn't thinking about anyone else other than me. And he wasn't doing anything else other than showing me how much he loved me. But because of all of this horrible, like toxic relationships that I've had drilled into my brain. I was like projecting that onto this new relationship, which wasn't fair, but he luckily uh, stuck with me and obviously like everything ended up working out, but it was, it was really hard in the beginning because I just wasn't, I I had never been with a nice guy, I guess. And I definitely had never been with someone and I don't want to say he loved me more than I loved him because I love him to freaking death. But in the beginning, like he did love me more than I loved him. And I'd never experienced that before. And so it was really scary for me. What happens from we, there? So we work together. So we're like, okay, do we tell everyone we work with? We we're, The restaurant that we worked in, we were all so close. And so we're like, one, they're probably going to figure something out eventually. But we were like, let's just wait a little bit to tell them. And so we tell everyone we work with because we were like, at that point, we, we, we moved in with each other early on, but we'll get to that in a second. But at that point, we weren't living together. So any any chance we could see each other, we just wanted to like hold hands and be close to each other. And so as 
just coworkers, we were like, this is going to be hard to kind of hide how we're feeling. So we finally told everyone and it was really weird for some of them because they were like, we, we all felt like family. So they're like, I feel like my brother and sister are getting together. And I was like, but we're not though. So don't say that. So it was really weird at first. And I think people just, you know, in their minds, we were just very opposite in a lot of ways that they just, I think were worried maybe this wouldn't work out and what was going to happen if it didn't, would one of us have to quit? We'd been there working together for so long. Um, but obviously we luckily didn't have to worry about that, but it was really weird at first, um, for our coworkers. And then it was good. And we just, we just were together ever since. And it was, it was really special, special because he talks about, you know, overcoming this addiction. And that was another thing too. I should like backpedal on. I was really scared to date someone that had this drug addiction because, you know, I don't do drugs. I'm not judging anyone that has gone through that, but I was scared of what it was going to do to my heart to love this person and to kind of see them relapse and have to experience that with them. I just didn't know if I was like strong enough to handle that. So I had told him if we ever get together, like it's, you know, uh, if we are, I I think I said, if before we consider ourselves boyfriend and girlfriend or whatever, like I really need to make sure that you could stay clean because I don't know if I can handle the everything that comes along with you having a relapse but obviously that did not last long because I was too in love with him but I was um (laughs) I was really scared about that but he talks about early on just kind of like feeling reborn he not just from like being in a relationship with someone that like genuinely loved and cared about him the way that I did but he was he felt like he was experiencing so many things for the first time with like a clean fresh mind and it's, it sure. was really cool to kind of hear that. So we, you know, for me, I was always this adventurous person that likes to find fun things to do. My sister and I, it's kind of a thing that we started a couple of years ago. We had this like these Monday fun days that we would do because we would work so much. <clears throat> and then we would realize on our day off, we would just kind of sit and do nothing. And we were like, we need to do something. We need to fill our days with fun. We need to go experiencing, experience new things in LA or in Southern California that we hadn't done before. And so when I got together with Drew, we started doing those things. And he talks about just like how much richer that made his life because he never done stuff like that. Like I have a very, like, I don't want to say like childlike, you know, energy about that. But like the when you're... <laughs> that childlike curiosity and stuff, I still kind of have some of that. And so it's kind of rubbed off on him a little bit, but so early on we would just do all these really fun things that he was kind of experiencing from the first time, even Disneyland. I'm obsessed with Disneyland. And that was like one of his first moves to really show me he was committed because we had talked about how I was an annual pass holder and he was like, just a waste of money. I have other things I would rather spend my money on. And so one day he showed me, he bought an annual pass and that was like his way of being like, I am in this, I am in this for the long haul. And I was, yeah. So we had really fun. Yeah. I was like, wow. The person that said they would never buy a pass is like confessing his love to me like that through that. So we just so we just spent like year, a couple years of like really fun stuff. But he had I I have this memory in my mind of us driving in the car one day, and he was smiling and he's like, "I just thought of something," and I was like, "What?" And he's like, "I thought about how I'm going to ask you to marry me," 
And I, and to me, my first instinct was like total freak out because we had only technically been dating for like a month or two at that point. And I'm like, what oh, on God. earth? Like he's talking about marriage. And then I thought to a second for a second and I was like, I'm in love with this person. And I feel the way that I feel about him, I've never felt about anyone else. So why what it would matter if he asks me to marry him tomorrow or in two years? Like it's not our love is only gonna grow. And so that kind of like put me at ease about that. But he ended up proposing a little over a year after we were together at Disneyland. When it happened, our, we had this friend, it's one of his best friends, who at the time would do a lot of these kind of special effects videos for his son. He would like put him in different action sequences and stuff. And so Drew had said, Scott wants to film this video for PJ of he's, you know, they're, they're really into fairy tales now. So they want us since we're going to Disneyland to film something and he's going to edit it and blah, blah, blah. So we're going to do like the princess and the frog. This friend's going to do Rapunzel. And I totally am like, Oh yeah, this makes total sense. Sure. Like, I was like, should I wear a dress? He's like, no, he's going to Photoshop it. Like it's, it's fine. And I'm like, okay. So we get to Disney. He had the ring in my sister's backpack who she said she was like scared to death. She was going to lose it or I was going to fall out of her backpack. So she was like clutching her bag so tight the whole entire time. It was basically like, we need to do this before we do anything else fun because I don't want to be responsible for this engagement ring. <laughs> and so he had like a fake little frog and had me pose to kiss it and then kind of freeze there. And then he would pop in and then Scott would edit it and turn it into this little magical princess and the frog drew would turn into the frog proposal and so when he did that he when he got in he went to get to get down on one knee and my first thought was he was hurting himself because he said he was like ow and so I thought like his knee gave out or something and I was just totally surprised I ugly cried like I've never ugly cried before and it was just really special Drew, what a, it's like the man of the hour. You <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for jumping in. Um, so we actually have heard quite the story so far. The girl who, you know, was totally leading you on. <laughs> you kiss her. She does says no. Then she's holding your hand. We've got it all. We've got the whole story. Um, tell me from your perspective back then, when it sounds like you kind of knew, like, and I don't want to speak for you, but it sounded like you knew, like, this was it, and she was just not there. Like, what was going well, on in your head at the I, time? Yeah, I was all in, and she was interested in this other guy and um, who was not giving her attention. And I, it was obvious to me, like, he was, it was not a good situation for her. But <clears throat> I felt uh, patient, I remember, just being like, I don't mind if this takes a little while. I, I knew in my heart that it was right. And so it was like, I don't mind. She needs to, she needs to come around on her own. Like it's not going to do me any good to like push this. So I was able to feel this kind of like long game confidence that I kind of relaxed into. I was anxious because I was feeling such strong feelings, but I remember feeling like the only way this will work is if she comes around on her own. And I got a little help from her friends. <laughs> Wait, from her Ryan? friends? Yeah, it wasn't up. It wasn't any of my doing, but a couple of her friends were like, "You're an idiot." It sounds like he kind of, you know, opened the yeah. blinds for Andrea. <laughs> I love that. So she finally comes around. She gives you. I don't know if you recall that moment when she says she called you and kind of yeah. 
you know, professes her love to you, what is going on in your mind? Um, hell yeah. <laughs> You're like, ding, ding, ding. I need no, a time I, to come. <laughs> I had honestly gotten to this point where I, I didn't give her an ultimatum, but I said, I was, I was starting to wonder and I said to her, look, maybe we need to like chill because I'm, I just have too, my feelings are too strong. And if you're not into this, then I'm just need to take a step back just for now. I need to take a step back. And so that was a moment when she kind of, I think yeah, came around. So it was, it felt good. What was it about Andrea that just kind of had you like all in from the beginning? It was this moment when we, we went on what I call a date and she doesn't. Uh, <laughs> we saw a movie and then had coffee after. And we had been talking, like texting for months and getting more and more heated kind of. But it was that that date where we were having coffee and I shared some really personal stuff. And I was just struck with the way she listened and just getting inside her head for in a way and hearing like seeing how she taught thought and how she listened out how, how her heart was and it was like oh it just all felt like in that moment like this is someone i could you know trust completely you get the green light you guys <laughs> start dating where it sounds like things kind of progress pretty fairly quickly from there. You guys were friends mm. for a while first. Drew, it sounds like you may have been dating mm. somebody else at the time. I don't want to call it like a love at first sight thing, but it almost seems to me as an outsider that both of you kind of had moments in your lives where it's almost like it was this love at first sight in this new these new uh, glasses you put on. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? Like it, it wasn't love at first sight meeting her because I was with someone and like, it was a pretty like just work related friendship yeah. really. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, it was, it was that it was like seeing her all over again. Honestly, I've kind of prejudged her as like, she and I were just, we're so, from such different places. Like the way our childhoods were and like the th things we were interested in were so different that she just seemed like a, a pretty girl at work who was fun, but like just different than me in so many ways. I never imagined like she and I would have a relationship like that. She just seemed like she was a different type of person than what I would normally go for. So it was like those new glasses were like, wait a minute, I finally am getting to know this person, like actually getting to know them. And that's who I fell in love with was the real person. I just never got to know her before. <laughs> And for me, like I used to also hostess at this restaurant and I even recalled this in our vows that I remember working with this girl, Jasmine, and Drew was always so funny. He was always everyone's favorite at work because he was just, his energy was good. His, he was just always made us laugh. And I remember telling Jasmine, I feel like if I ever married Drew, I would be the happiest person alive. I told her that, but I never like in my mind at that time was like, this isn't a person I would, I am going to marry. I want to marry. He's not my type, but I feel like if I did, I would be the happiest person ever. And I, once we started hanging out and that whole like revelation that Ryan opened my eyes to, I was like, this is, I could be the happiest person alive because everything I want is right here. And I just, I think I, I think that I, my heart knew it, but like my head was like, no, this isn't the person I meant to be with. I'm supposed to be with someone else that mm. doesn't care about me. <laughs>
not that I thought that that person was who I was supposed to be with, but it's like, you just like, we, you have an image, you had an image in your head of the type of person you would be with. But also for some reason I was like resisting the nice guy. Like, why do we go for the bad guy? I was, you're the nice guy. And I resisted it for some reason. Cause you know what? He, he played it safe. He kind of took a step back. He knew it was coming. He was playing the right (laughs) cards. (laughs) What would you guys say you've learned from each other, whether it be in life or love or anything? I've, I've learned a lot from her about um, not, well, it's kind of a work in progress. I have a lot of, you know, I worry about the future a lot and she's kind of the opposite. You know, she's a little more in the moment and like more about having fun in life and treasuring like the moment you're in. And I've learned to do a lot more of that. I've had a lot more fun in life doing fun activities and just, and and realizing what's kind of important in the moment more i still find myself planning a lot more than her and worrying about the future a lot more it's just kind of who i am but that's been one i think for me it was just learning like to be loved like learning to accept love and learning about the love that i have always deserved that i finally got learning to love myself um learning to trust more Spoiler alert, you guys, then yes. get married mm-hmm. and have Wait, a child. Wait, what? you didn't know. <laughs> You're a dad. Oh, my God. Congratulations. No. What has been your best part of parenting together? Like, getting to see each other as a parent. This. I think my favorite part is, I just, I don't know. I've always... So I've seen Drew in so many different stages of his life, right? I saw him as this coworker. I saw him as my boyfriend. I saw him as my fiance, my husband. And I didn't think I could love him at like him as my husband was my favorite version of him I'd ever seen. But seeing him with Hudson is so special. And just, I don't know, seeing the way that your eyes light up when you see him, seeing like you teaching him new things. And and that is age now. It's It's kind of like this thing that, I think every parent talks about like every new stage of your child's life is like your favorite one. It's like, it just keeps getting better. And so the stage that he's at now, he's so verbal with us and stuff. I just love, I just love seeing you be a dad. I love seeing you Mm -hmm. with him. I love, I just love it. That was one of the things I knew she was the right one was my never in my life. And I, you know, had other girlfriends and stuff and I never kind of wanted kids to be honest. I never, never did. And, um, she, she, when, when I was falling for her in those moments, I remember it was the first time in my life. I was like, I couldn't wait to have kids. And I was like, wait, what? That was like, that's when I knew she was the right one because I wanted to have kids with her. And so to then have a kid and to watch her and to see that validated has been really cool. Cause she's awesome. I just love these little like random moments we have together as a family. Like one night after dinner, we were like, let's go get dessert, which we don't normally do this. Hudson, poor guy, has been like so sheltered this past year because of the pandemic. We went out and we went to this place that has these giant cakes and Hudson's mind was blown because he's never, I mean, he's had cake for his birthday, but he's never really gone out and experienced like chocolate cake and carrot cake. And we just kind of went crazy. And it's just like this little memory I think I'll always remember because Mm -hmm. it was like something that normally would be like so insignificant if I went with like my friends, but 
it just was this like mm. little like there's just so many of these little moments that might not be like that significant to other people but it's like things i'll never forget like yeah. little memories like that, that i'll never forget andrea what would you tell people looking back and kind of like reliving your love story and mm -hmm. that hesitation at first what would you tell other people who are listening you know if they asked you i would say you know I have so many friends that are in these relationships and a lot of them talk about how, um, you know, when, when things are negative in it, they're like, well, this is just how relationships are. And I agree that relationships do take work, but it's not. And so I think that what I would tell people is that you're all like so worthy of true love. And I don't think that people should settle because they're scared of being alone or they're afraid of being alone. I think that they should wait until that love that they deserve to feel. Cause I think so often we don't want to be lonely. We kind of go for that first person. So the first thing I would say is like, wait for the love that you deserve to have. And a lot of people I know have been in the same boat as me in the sense of trust issues and things like that. And I would just say like, just try not to project that onto the new relationship that you're in because you could really like if drew hadn't been as patient as he was i could have ruined like the best relationship i could ever dream of so i would just say wait for the love that you deserve it'll come but just i i believe in the law of attraction in the universe and it just it will it'll happen when it's meant to happen um so wait for the love you deserve don't project any negativity from past relationships onto your new one and just allow yourself to be happy I just felt like I didn't allow myself to be happy for a while. I don't know why I did that to myself, but I'm happy mm. that I finally did. Mm. Yeah. To buy romantic gifts and act like they're just friendship gifts. Oh my gosh. He said, as he's looking, he bought me. Oh my <laughs> gosh. I have to tell you that story real fast. So one of our first couple hangouts as friends that we did, we went on a hike and we went out to lunch and I took him to this Halloween store that we have all year round here that is like a next level Halloween store. It's not like those little cheesy one in the strip malls. It's, it's, it's really beautifully done. And so there was this portrait there of Alfred Hitchcock holding a heart that said, be mine. And I was like, I've always wanted this picture. And so one day we were hanging out and he's like, I got you a present. And he presents this like wrapped up. I could tell it's a picture. And my first thought was, Oh God, please don't let this be a picture of me. Like, if he's trying to be like sweet, but it's like a picture of me that he's giving to me. I don't know why I thought that that's what he would do, but it was that Alfred Hitchcock <laughs> picture and this beautiful vintage gold frame. And on the back he wrote the movie that we saw at the time was this movie called St. Vincent with Melissa McCarthy and Bill Murray. And so he kind of wrote about that on the back. He like, there was a little, what do you call like recall of that. And just basically like wrote this, thank you for saving his life in a way. And it was the most special thing ever, but he was like, it's just a friendship gift, but it literally says be mine on it. <laughs> I was like, I was like, don't read it. I'm, this is just a thank you for talking to me and helping me through a tough time. And I just want to thank you. So sweet. It was I very mean, thoughtful. On, After that, I really was just like, sweet. it was very special. It was a very special gift. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for sharing your love story. Drew, thank you so much for kind of popping in and, you know, sure. telling telling us your side of it. I really appreciate it. And um, oh, thank you. really enjoyed hearing your story. 
Thanks for listening to Love String, love stories that tie us all together. Stay tuned for episode 21, where you'll meet Jackie. Jackie walks us through her journey of becoming a mom and tells us the beautiful love story she was able to have after welcoming her first child. If you have a love story you want to share, we want to hear it. Email us at lovestringpodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to subscribe. Until then, keep looking for it. Love is all around.